0: Jeff Harding here with PS Tech and we're here for a special session or set of sessions for you regarding PS Tech and the COVID nineteen or coronavirus questions that have come up. I'm here with Tim Frizakoli, founder creator of PS Tech. Hey Tim, how's it going today?
1: It's strange over here, but absolutely fine, Jeff. Thank you.
0: Do you have your mask on just in case? Uh, no. no, no? Did you oh, wash did your you hands have- before you came on here? We, we Ask the PS Tech users about specific issues they have, questions, et cetera. We wanted to provide this for you all at no extra charge so that you can maybe, as you're hunkering down in general, because most people are isolated or quarantined, that you can hunker down and maybe do your PS Tech work. But before we get to that, we wanted to just talk about a couple items here or you know some perspectives. You'll already know that jobs and businesses have tumbled like dominoes one after another. Lives are being lost, economies are collapsing, and you probably have concerns over the lives of friends and loved ones. Tim's own family is having to self-isolate because his wife is a triple transplantee and immunosuppressed. So they're having problems with food supply. Work is severely affected. As Tim says, don't know whether he'll even be able to get the essential immunosuppression drugs that his wife needs as a transplantee. So everybody has friends and elderly relatives in similar positions. But at the moment, Tim and I, at least our feelings are, is that we're pretty calm. Now in your own life, there will almost certainly be circumstances unique to which you seem fearful, almost as if your life is being turned upside down. It's likely that pretty much everything you know is changing. Things that you've always taken for granted may now be unavailable, closed, inaccessible, or in very short supply. Across the world, people are finding themselves very isolated and also very fearful. There's a huge amount of uncertainty and a huge amount of change. These changes have been happening at warp speed. You, your friends, and your family may have been filled with dread, fear, and with multiple anxiety. As well as being unpleasant, fear often leads to very poor decision-making. But this is exactly the time to make good decisions, great decisions. So fear isn't useful to you. Fear isn't helpful at all. It doesn't protect you. It doesn't offer any solutions. You're best rid of it. Fear is a complete waste of your time and energy. To eliminate your fears, you can do several things. You can choose to focus on the things to be grateful for. That's a simple start, but it's also an important one. You can do something to help others in whatever way you can, no matter how small. It's good for them, and it's good for you. It'll help you feel useful and empowered. Also, you can carefully examine why you've been fearful and choose to look for reasons not to be fearful. If you're spiritual or religious, then you'll already know that you can find huge reassurance in that. And if you're not, then talking to someone who is might give you a very useful perspective that you've never even considered. You see, there's real benefit in talking to someone who seems calm in the face of adversity, someone who's imperturbable. You can learn a great deal from them. Their belief sets are what gives them that sense of calm. Asking them about their beliefs so that you can learn from them is potentially very useful to you. If someone you know is intelligent enough to really understand these circumstances but still seems very relaxed and maybe even optimistic, then talk with them in order to discover exactly how they think. Learn what their belief sets are. This can be time very well spent for you. Another thing that you can do is to make a list of your specific fears and target those fears for removal with click tracks. Click tracks are multi-use. Of course, you can be doing that right now, especially if you have less work to do. And remember, if you're able, do good things, do kind things, be generous in some way, It'll help you to feel mentally in a good place. In general, as we go through these questions and stake these out in two or three parts, and we'll see how this goes, but we've also kind of categorized this because there's a lot of questions that are along the same theme. So as we go through these, one thing that I wanted to just open up as a little subtopic is the fact that there's going to be some repetition in terms of the solution or the suggestions and recommendations of what to do on these issues. True?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, even when people are facing different things, there's going to be some very, very similar solutions. Yeah.
0: One of the examples I use is when, and quite often we'll get suggestions on this, someone will say, can you send me a click track? Can you send, I have a phobia of red flowers. Can you get send me a click track on specifically for a phobia on red flowers? And then another person will request one on a phobia of blue flowers. Can you do a specific click track for that? And then one for yellow and one for pink. Is that really necessary to have a separate click track on each and every different kind of fear? No, absolutely not. That's the whole point,
1: isn't it, of the of the one tool, a million uses prin- underlying principle of the sort of core PS Tech toolkit. So, yeah, as we do talk, th- there will be some very, very similar responses to some of these questions because the tools can be used on a multitude of different things. It's worth pointing, it's good to point that out, Jeff, definitely before we start for anybody who's listening. But if we do repeat ourselves, I suppose one of the advantages, that hopefully those underlying principles will come through very, very clearly.
0: Well, what I'm going to do here is, and we're going to do this a little bit by category, and and so I want to start with this first category, PS Tech resistance. And the, the question came up, I'll, I'll, read, I'll, I'll read a couple of questions here. The first question was, I'm feeling unmotivated and not using the many PS Tech tools that I have. I'd like to know how to overcome the resistance to using the tools. Now, another question right along that line said, I'm not, I'm normally not anxious and I'm usually very tolerant of ambiguity in my life. And we certainly have that today. But the pandemic has me frozen in panic. I can't concentrate. I'm worried about finances, worried about my family, the stupid virus. <laughs> is there a smart virus and a stupid virus? I wonder. Anyway, I have done some tapping, but haven't really tried PS Tech since this pandemic started. So along this lines of, all right, I have these tools and I'm not using them. How do I overcome the resistance to using these tools?
1: Simple answer is that if you've bought a tool, if you don't use it, then you've just thrown your money away, which seems a terrible shame. <laughs> so... If somebody's uh, so mean or stingy, then that might be motivation to use something. But typically, when it comes to to finding motivation, it's actually making a start. That's the hardest part. Once you make a start, things tend to get easier. You mentioned that Karen, my wife, has a triple transplantation. She's heavily immunosuppressed. And what that means is that our life certainly has become extremely limited. You know, we're basically confined to the house because of the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Prior to this, getting exercise was uh, more straightforward because it was possible to walk and do those sorts of things. But when you're stuck inside a house, there's not a great deal you can do. One of the things that I have been doing is using a caravan step, just going up and down the step. At first, it seemed horrifically boring. To say I was unmotivated would be something of an understatement. But at the same time, I realized that I was going to need exercise. It seemed a very, very simple and straightforward way of doing it. The hard part was actually just making the decision to do it. Once I got past that, I started going up and down, up and down the caravan step. Yes, for the first five minutes or so, I thought, you know, blimey, this is boring. I don't really want to do it. But how how long have I been doing this? A few weeks now. Today, for example, I did an hour and a half just going up and down the caravan step. Um, In order to do that, what I'm doing is watching YouTube videos and so forth on the television and I just switch off and get on with it. So I think that when it comes to motivation, it's in some ways, it's a bit of an illusion. Things, you may feel as though you're not motivated to, to do something. The hard part, if there is a hard part at all, is simply making the decision to do it and then actually getting started once you get started most things quickly you you, you get into them and um so my personal advice would be make the decision that you're going to do it if you, if you can't get that far then sit and write a list of the potential benefits of doing it human beings are motivated by principally by two things, fear and benefits. If you can't find sufficient motivation from fear, then make a list of the benefits and use that as the motivation to to make a start. But it's actually making the start. You know, if you're going to write a novel, the first thing you've got to do is turn on a computer or pick up a pencil. That is step number one. And when it comes to Things like motivation and procrastination, those sorts of issues. I think a lot of people look at the big, the big picture first. Uh, you know, it can seem a bit daunting, but if you decide, well, I'm just going to run this track once, you know, make the decision to run it once. How long is that going to take? A few minutes. That's the place to start. And if you do that, You'll notice a benefit. Once you start to notice the benefits, then it becomes easy. And that's why I'm still going up and down on that caravan step, because I'm actually feeling the benefits. It's probably the best analogy that I can give under these circumstances. You know, we can't go out. We can't go out to exercise. The hard part was simply making a start. Uh, but once I got started, it became easy. So that that's, that's my view on it, Jeff.
0: So I suggest doing it in the morning on those kind of things.
1: If I can interject, Jeff, I think that's a very, very good piece of advice is to, to begin early in the day, as early as you can, and then you aren't putting it off and off and off and off. I think just deciding I'm going to do this once is the best place to start. It's the simplest. Once you've done it once and you notice the benefits of something, then there's an incentive to continue. Not looking at this big picture, just looking at the small, the smallest chunk that you can chew on is the best way to do it. That's the best way to to avoid those kinds of problems. Don't look at it as a as a big task. Look at it as a small one. Split it down to the smallest possible piece, and decide you're going to do that, and then take it from there.
0: Let's do this. Anybody that's resisting, we're gonna Tim and I are going to sit here and wait until you go and do it now. Okay? Sound good? So go and do. Run a click track now. Just pick something and go do it now. What do you think, Tim? Should we, can you wait? <laughs> well,
1: I can wait, but it's going to be very boring on the audio, isn't it?
0: Okay. Go ahead and do that now. <laughs> do you think they did it, Tim?
1: I don't know. I think maybe they need to press pause and come back.
0: I, I know. They definitely need. You didn't press pause, okay? Press pause. Go and do it now. Okay. All right. Well, welcome back if you did. I hope you did. Take the time. Do it now. If you didn't, again, pause it. Go do that, and we'll be we'll we'll still be here when you come back, and you can hit play again. Tim, the uh, next kind of category I have here is being sequestered, quarantined, locked down, stay at home, whatever the phrase is, and also being lonely and isolated. So the the first uh, statement or question I have is about I have this fear of being isolated and quarantined. How would somebody approach those kind of fears for something like that, Tim? The simplest way.
1: If there's a fear about being isolated and quarantined, it's, it's gonna, there's going to be other specific fears attached to that, almost certainly. That might be, th- there might be feelings and anxiety about being separated from family or loved ones or not being able to go out and earn money and so on. So I think it's probable that if somebody is anxious about that, it actually boils down to some other fears, other anxieties. So if it were me, I would try to distill it down to something which is clearer. You know, what, exactly why? What are you anxious about? Is it money? Is it, you know, some other aspect? Is it the fact that you're not going to see something that you really care about? Is it the fact that you're anxious about parents or siblings or friends, whatever? Um, so I think that this idea of being isolated—it's probable that there are other fears attached. You know, not necessarily, but I think it's probable. You know, what does isolation actually mean? That's that's where I would start. I, I would ask myself the question: Is this anxiety about being isolated, or is it anxiety about other things? If it's other things, then the best thing to do is to target them individually. Uh, obviously, there's the click tracks. That's one way of doing it. Uh, there's also no more anxiety, of course, because there's there is more than one approach to dealing with anxieties and worries within the PS Tech toolkit. No more anxiety doesn't require you to sit and tap, and no more anxiety is actually in in some ways under these circumstances is a very very good choice because it's very very broad in scope. So if you've got all sorts of different anxieties, there are two possible ways to go about it. Yes, you could you could break it into individual anxieties you know what does isolation actually mean for me what am i concerned about and you could click track those individually or you could use no more anxiety which isn't a tapping track if if you've never used it it's um it's difficult to describe It's, it's basically uh it's a spoken audio that you sit and listen to and simply think about what's being said but it's really powerful uh or you could do both in combination. That's what
0: I would do. So would you agree this fear of being isolated, the thought that isolation or being alone is a problem, along with that would be a sense of boredom in the same way in the same conversation like you just talked about, would that be similar as well? In other words, there's a reason why someone feels bored, true? Certainly if somebody's bored, there's a reason why somebody's somebody feels bored. I I can't remember ever
1: being bored in the last thirty 40 years because i always have something to do but yes yeah, so obviously that's possible somebody could feel lonely and it's absolutely fine to click track the feeling of loneliness you don't you, to do that you don't even really need to think about anything in particular you can just literally click track the feeling um but uh, yeah i think it's probable that there will be other aspects to it so i think the, the a sensible thing to do if you want to feel better is to dig into it. Have have a good thing. Is this what I'm really anxious about? You know, we all need the benefits that we draw from conversations with other people, meeting people. You know, we we're used to it. We're social creatures, so when we're denied that, obviously it does have an effect. But yeah, you know, we at least we live in a in a world where we've got things like telecommunications. If you if you consider what this would have been like prior to the internet things would have been very different you know you're in hawaii jeff i'm over here in the uk and we're we're talking over zoom we've capable of doing this so from a practical perspective if you are feeling lonely if you're anxious about being isolated pick up the phone have a conversation talk to people that you would normally talk to you know even if it's work colleagues if you if you can get in touch with them do it Uh, they could be feeling exactly the same way. I mean, they may be very, very grateful that you have.
0: Yeah, one of the comments, which I think comes along this line that you were just talking about of, you know, delving a little bit deeper, a little down more to the core of what this issue is, feeling of loneliness, not having family or close friends around, feeling like I have to go through this all on my own. Do you have anything to add to that? Because I think you just addressed most of that, if not.
1: Yeah, I don't think I don't think I really do. Maybe from a belief perspective, the idea that you're not alone would be one that's worth running through a psd positive of some kind in as much as across the world the majority of the world's population seems to be in similar circumstances. Right. So the one thing you aren't is alone. You're part of an enormous group of people who are going through similar but not identical experiences.
0: That's a good point when one- point I wanted to add on is we're all in the same ocean, if you will, <laughs> of this environment that's been created, but we're not all on the same boat because there are some people that are very panicking very much over this for a lot of different reasons. Some people have run out of money or ways to earn money or raise money. Other people haven't. Some people mm-hmm. haven't run out of money and they're still panicking. And some people have run out of money and they aren't panicking. So we're all approaching this different from our perspectives. And I think it's important to realize, like we kind of touched on in the introduction here, that there are people that are calm, not worried, not in denial either, understand the environment and the situation, but they're able to remain imperturbable. And that's what this work is about. And it's a great opportunity to, number one, you're being exposed to some fears that you may not have known were there, or you tried to ignore and they're really being thrown into your face, you know, consciously. And now's the time to shift that perception and that mind model so that you can look at this differently, this type of event or, or environment. And that'll just put you in a better position to make better decisions and, and uh, have a smoother life, if you will. Does that make sense?
1: It does. Can can I offer a personal experience, a personal experience, a personal opinion on the running out of money front?
0: Although we'll go over money things in a little bit, but go ahead.
1: Well, this is just from my own experience. One of the things that happened to us, Jeff mentioned that my wife has a triple transplantee, and some of the people listening will already know that. Prior to her second transplant, she was in hospital for a very, very long time, and we had a period of no income for almost six months but i also had quite significant outgoings as well because i was driving to the hospital spent 1500 pounds on hospital car parking the world didn't end it wasn't the absolute catastrophe that it might have seemed initially i remember at one point you know thinking "What? what on earth is going to happen i'm not being very happy about it but everything did keep going and everything was okay at the moment obviously Huge numbers of people are affected financially. I know my income's dropped as a consequence. It's nothing like what it was, but I'm not bothered about it at all, partly because I've already been through that experience once. I know what it's like to have literally no money coming in, but I also know that we came out of that on the other side and everything was fine. If somebody is listening and they are in that kind of position, don't despair. It will be okay. You don't know exactly what shape the future is going to take, but that everything will work out. That's based on my own personal experience.
0: What about having this fear of this feeling that I have to go outside, like cabin fever? I feel like I'm being smothered because a lot of some people have been indoors for what's it been now a month and a half, uh, maybe more, uh, and everybody at least I'd say a month. What about that feeling that, oh, I'm
1: going to go crazy? Yeah, well, we actually went into isolation before the government imposed restrictions in this country because of because of Karen's health problems. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think we're already up to about six weeks at least. Maybe an interesting perspective on this is that for some people, that's the norm. I, I remember that you did some wonderful interviews with uh, a lady who had had agoraphobia for, for goodness knows how many years, and she'd, you, you know not left the house for decade for what more than a decade or something again the world didn't stop turning for her she got so used she she was so used to being stuck indoors that the idea of going outdoors was fearful and anxiety provoking so it, it is a matter of perspective and familiarity more than anything so i think if it's that, you know, sort of going stir crazy, obviously there are, there are practical things that you can do. Finding things to do which are different, diverse, which keep you occupied, that's going to help. That's a practical consideration. If you are a gregarious person and you like to mix and mingle with people, then maybe again, the thing to be doing is talking on the phone. I spoke to a fascinating lady just the other day who was spending quite a lot of her time talking to elderly people that are at home alone, some of them feeling very lonely. And um, she'd been singing down the phone. She'd been talking to this elderly lady. She'd said, well, you know, what would make you happy? And she said, well, I'd really like it if you sang to me. So she'd been singing down the phone. The fact that you are physically constrained within a particular location does not mean that you have to remain there mentally. If you're having a conversation with somebody else, then you're not thinking about the fact that you are in lockdown necessarily. You can talk about all sorts of things. And so it's, you know, this is not a PS tech answer per se, but I think just looking at what you can do to expand your experience is probably the best way to go about it, Jeff.
0: Somebody asked, I have a, and by the way, I wanted to mention, we have another hypnotic, track to come out soon called being lonely does not equal loneliness so that with that title that's an interesting perspective yeah
1: yeah and it, it certainly doesn't need to does it being no. alone not equate to loneliness it certainly shouldn't do some no. people choose it because no. they enjoy the time that
0: they get to spend alone someone else asked uh, i have a daughter who has suffered a mental breakdown due to the lockdown how can PSNEC help with this? Obviously, the question's a little
1: bit unspecific because the yeah. the questioner hasn't hasn't explained exactly what's meant by that. As a therapist, I'm always a little bit uneasy, and it doesn't sit quite right with me the idea of a breakdown because I don't personally I don't think there is any such thing. Sometimes people feel overwhelmed, right, um, and sometimes people feel boxed in, and you know, as though they can 't see a way out of whatever circumstance they find themselves in, and that leads to a lot of stress and feelings of overwhelm and so forth, but people don't actually break down typically, and I think it's not a, it's not a very helpful perspective so in order to answer that question, I think we'd really need to know more about it but the simplest thing that you can do is you know point them in the direction of the free clip tracks, have them, download them, feed their major anxieties
0: into that simple
1: process and you know, just, just see what
0: happens. Just get started and go from there. Yeah. Mental breakdown, I want to maybe look at it in a little different definition light, and that being the breakdown of my old mind model. In other words, I had an old mind model of beliefs and expectations that obviously didn't work. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people I think are going to be faced with this because legal restrictions, they virtually have no choice or they feel they have no choice, at least making the same choices they used to make. And so it's challenging the old mind model, which if you're living with fears, anxieties, overall sadness, depression, whatever. That mind model needs to be broken down, if you will, or deconstructed or replaced by a different set of perceptions, by a different mind model. And so when people say a mental breakdown, I kind of look at it as someone that's kind of hit the bottom. In other words, they've tried everything in their old mind model and it just don't work. And okay, okay, so it's time to, in essence, replace that mind model with one that that will work that that allows you to get through these kinds of events these because it's not going to be the last one by the way this isn't going to be the last time something like something will always be happening the question isn't how do i avoid it because how do you avoid this right now the question is how will i respond to it what's my responsibility to this and we talked about some ways to respond in the in the outside of this so when you have somebody that Number one, if you have a friend, family, someone that's suffering, direct them to the free package, like Tim says, and let them make the decision and move forward because you can't force them.
1: They need somebody towards it, Jeff. But you're absolutely right. And it's a very, very good point. One of the things that really does cause people problems is becoming very, very attached to a particular way of looking at the world hmm. and themselves and their place in it. I think anything that you can do to loosen, if you, I suppose the most important thing really is to recognize that, that the beliefs that you have are not the only way of looking at things. And you touched on that at the start when you were talking about talking to people who seem calm, who are intelligent enough to understand the circumstances. And it's because that they have a set of beliefs which works well under these circumstances. So asking them, you know, how do you think about this? What, what are your thoughts on this? It's, that's time well spent. But you're absolutely right. When people hit rock bottom, it's typically because they have been very, very attached to a particular way of looking at things. They can only see life in one way, and that hasn't worked out. And it's this sort of the the sort of clash between the experience that they're having and their beliefs about what life should be like. But of course, there is no should be. It it is what it is. If you can adjust your beliefs in such a way that you can be at ease with it, at peace with it, then you don't get all those horrible emotions spiraling off the back end so you made a really really good point there jeff hopefully we've covered it well enough for for somebody listening to to at least get the idea that actually maybe it's worth me looking at my beliefs if i can shift those then ah, maybe i could feel
0: okay you know the resistance to change we talked about that kind of reminds me what's been almost 20 years ago was it 20 yeah uh not in the u.s the 9-11 event and how it changed plane travel Mm mm-hmm And how that's done. Now I could say, hey, I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to, you know, but then I can't fly, right? Unless I charter a private jet or something, okay? Things may change even more so. I don't know. But here's one of the keys. The key isn't what will change. The key is, can you change with the changing environment? It goes along with the lines of, you know, what I always say is uh, he or she who is the most flexible wins, all right? If you're flexible, you win. This is why in basic mentoring, and we now have included uh, embracing change, which we ac- actually have had, had out for a while, but it's it's now an essential if you really want to get good at this. And what I mean by that is utilize the tools to their most effective, efficient way and live life in the most peaceful and joyful way with Jeep. You've got to be flexible. You have to embrace change because the world and the universe will change i guarantee that sometimes it's not always convenient or what we expect like you said tim or you know well you know i i should be able to travel on a plane without having to do this that or the other thing you know i should be well like you said you know there are no shoulds really important
1: that people don't get too attached to if if somebody is is Attached to a particular way of looking at things, an expectation, I must be able to do this, I need to do that, but they can't, it's guaranteed to make them miserable or stressed. Definitely looking at whatever beliefs you've got, uh, if they're very, very fixed and very, very rigid, then it, it's time to loosen those up. And obviously there are some Tech tools to do that. Good point. There's, the, there's Tech Negative, um, which can be used for you know sort of unraveling unhelpful beliefs there's belief blasters Uh, and then if you want to create something new there's the there's the ps tech positive suite of tools Uh, and the simplest way to use those is, is simply to say what beliefs under these circumstances what beliefs would i have to have in order to feel happier more peaceful more optimistic in terms of the benefit
0: it can be huge I look for beliefs, you know, negative-wise, to like with belief blasters and whatnot. I look for beliefs that say, I should or they should. We're talking about shoulds, right? Those are definitely negative beliefs. You're trying to impose your ideas on other people or yourself. I expect beliefs that say, they always blank. You know, I always blank and things like this. They're usually quite negative and it's best to loosen those up with belief blasters and whatnot, and like you said, use PS Tech Positive to you know move in the opposite direction. Something that's like presents unlimited opportunity and empowerment.
1: Yeah, they're typically absolutes as well, Jeff, which don't allow for any other possibility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll get you in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So I want to wrap up this sequestered, quarantine, lockdown, lonely, isolated segment with this. Someone wrote, the main issue I've been noticing is due to all the fear and such, I am having to stay at home. Now I'm more anxious when I do go out to the supermarket or or elsewhere. So you've got people that didn't want to stay at home. Now they're forced to stay at home because someone told them the world outside is dangerous. What does someone like that do that now they're anxious every time they go out?
1: Well, I think the two simplest things that someone can do is click track the specific thing that you're doing, which makes you feel anxious. If it's going to the supermarket, click track going to the supermarket. So I would be specific about it. And the other thing that you can do is run a PSTEC positive statement, which is very, very simple, which is just now, whatever happens, I'm going to be okay.
0: So our next subject is about health fears from my personal perspective, health is something that I've always worked toward. So this didn't really change anything for me. Now, again, not everybody's in the same boat. If health fears are now coming up, in most cases, I'm thinking that those people already had a lack of trust in their own health for whatever reason. It could be that they have a pre-existing condition, could be just the circumstances, but there are some reasons and, and we want to not tread lightly, but when it comes to medical issues we 're not medical professionals, etc, and you know we're not dispensing yeah, we medical advice or it. anything like that, but there are some aspects that we have to a certain extent control over our immune system and whatnot that we can impose some some control over because the more fearful we are, the more anxious we are, the more our body is reacting to that physically and compromising, to some degree, our ability to run a, you know, in our body, a good immune system, if you will. Which was
1: something that um, Bob Proctor actually mentioned on something I can't remember where on earth he mentioned it, but I thought it was really interesting. He pointed out that disease is, is actually dis-ease. Right. And, you know, he hit the nail on the head with that. Typically, if people are very, very anxious, it's not good for their immune system. Anyway, it just it just popped into my head I thought it was worth mentioning, Jeff.
0: Very good. So what what about when people say, Well, I have a fear of getting COVID nineteen coronavirus? hmm What do they do? Simplest thing you
1: can do is stop watching so much news. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm being serious about it, Jeff. And I'm speaking really as a, I'm speaking the really as a hypnotherapist, because the one thing that I see day after day, although much less so at the moment because I'm in lockdown <laughs> Is because it is that you know, suggestion has a profound effect on all of us. And if you are sat watching the news all day long and you're watching television programs where they are constantly banging on about coronavirus and COVID 19, then it's no wonder you're feeling anxious if that's the case. What I can say again, this is. Based on our own personal experience, it is that that's not something we're particularly anxious about. We, you know, we, we are aware that there is a risk, particularly for my wife because she's a triple transplantee. She's heavily immunosuppressed. We've already had problems with supply of um, immunosuppression medication, but we aren't cons- we aren't particularly concerned about it. We're not spending any time worrying about it. Partly because we know there's absolutely no point, there is no point in worrying about something that you cannot change, it only makes you miserable it 's a waste of energy, but also because we know because we 've been through all sorts of experiences that so far touch wood uh, we 've come we've always come out on the other side. I think coming out on the other side uh, has a lot to do with the expectancy that you will, uh, which is something that we 've always undertaken to do. I think the best advice I could give anybody who is very very anxious about this particular disease and terrified of catching it or terrified of what will happen if they do is stop watching the media, you know, stop watching the news, stop watching all the programs that are constantly barking on and on and on about it and watch something entirely different instead. Watch your, famous, watch your favorite comedy programs. You know, if you're on Netflix or you've got DVDs, sit and watch things that make you feel good. Because if you constantly funnel all that negative information into your mind, it will have a consequence. We are, to a great extent, the result of our life set experience. And it, whether you're actually going out and interacting with people or whether you're parked in front of a television set, it's still information being streamed into your into your brain. So to be selective about what you feed it with. That would be the best advice that I could give. Obviously, if somebody has specific fears about coronavirus or catching it or becoming ill, you can click track them, or you can listen to No More Anxiety. But th- those would be my suggestions. Um, the most important being turn the television off or watch something different
0: so what would someone if they're going to click track a fear of getting sick well how would they imagine that so just you know how it what, what would they focus on during the running of a click track well in some ways that's the simplest
1: possible question to answer because they've already imagined it true um <laughs> Uh, so it's it's simply to to use what you have already imagined that would be like you know if if somebody's terrified of catching it they've already imagined it so it's to run whatever you've imagined through that process and click click track it tap it away
0: now someone as someone imagines being sick with a virus Mm -hmm. it might lead as they click track it might lead them to imagine being hospitalized right it's possible being being a more extreme case let's say Um, so again, imagine being hospitalized if that bothers you and click track, the fear of being hospitalized. We're not talking about, look, you you may get a virus and you may have symptoms that may happen. We're not talking about changing that necessarily. It may change as you change your perception about your immunity, the level of your immunity, but it might not. The point here is, is to change your perception of that event happening. It's like this whole lockdown kind of situation. No matter how you sit in the corner and meditate or whatever mantras and chants you do, it's not going to stop until it stops. You're not going to change the world being locked down the way that it is. You as an individual person. But you can change your fear of it. So that if you if if you go by the law and you don't go out or you only go out under the circumstances, depending where where you live, like over here we can go out to the stores and essential things, and they'll even let us cross the beach to go in the ocean to swim. But you can't stop, sit, lay down, or anything on the beach. So what I'm trying to say is, we're not trying to change the events, but we want to change your want you to focus on shifting your perception of the events the fear of getting sick the fear of being hospitalized what about someone and of course you're speaking from a point of personal experience tim Mm -hmm. the fear of getting the virus because you have a compromised immune system or respiratory system and or comes under the same classification. What if I'm an elderly person? And I was told the other day I am, which I was like, well, wait a minute. I just had a birthday. And they go, oh, now you're elderly. I'm like, "What? what? what the... wait, wait a minute. You don't define who and what I am. By the way, that's a new hypnotic one in the basic mentoring. You know, other people do not define who and what I am, but that's okay. I don't mind. I'll just show them the new elderly, if you will. So my fear of getting this, if I'm immune compromised that are living alone or in nursing homes how, how would people approach that kind of aspect in essence it's exactly the same the the principle exactly the same
1: whether somebody's got immunosuppression or whether they're very very elderly makes little difference somebody could be 19 and terrified of catching covid19 again it boils down to perception the you know there'll be plenty of people who are in their 80s who are not concerned about this at all or certainly not overly and there'll be plenty of very young people despite what the statistics might say who'll be very anxious about it so the principle is exactly the same it doesn't really matter what your circumstances are what i would say is that it's worth doing something about uh, any fear attached to it because like i said you know like i mentioned earlier on disease is related to dis-ease and um, if you are focused on being ill that expectancy is not going to work for you so the best thing that you can do is just decide okay what is it specifically that i'm anxious about if it's causing you problems then click track it it shouldn't make any difference whether somebody is heavily immunosuppressed or whether they're They've got underlying health conditions. From what we can see from the statistics, a great many people are asymptomatic anyway, which means that they don't get any symptoms. Some of the latest batteries of tests on on proportions of the population in sort of contained systems, like there was a, a, an article about uh, some tests that were done on a ship. It, it appears as though a great many people don't show any symptoms at all. It's very easy to be sucked in by statistics obviously what's happening for some families has been absolutely tragic but there's no reason to assume that that's going to happen for you or for your family or for the people that you care about and the less time they spend worrying about it the more likely they are to you know experience very mild symptoms and maybe no symptoms at all there are certain things that you can change and certain things that you can't change What you can't change is the circumstances, but what you can change is the way you think about them. The things where you focus your attention. Actually, that's something we haven't talked about, Jeff. People are very, very focused on this because it's in the news all the time. Mm. If you've got a hobby or something that you've always wanted to do, maybe now is a time where you've actually got the time to do it. You know, if you've if you've always thought, I've got a book in me, then sit down and write a book. Uh, whether it gets published or not is almost irrelevant because while you're focused on that, you won't be focused on any of this stuff. So
0: so, somebody also asked, I just want to read this because it was unique, how to release fear of illness, which we have talked about how to Mm -hmm. strengthen immunity. I want to just make a comment on that lower stress levels, which we talked about also already due to being inside all day with a kindergartner. (laughs) remotely, in addition to teaching your own two children. So cooped up with the, with the little kids <laughs> is what I'm reading from this a little bit. Um, now, I wanted to one comment on strength and immunity. Um, one of the thoughts that's really integral like within myself now, hasn't always been like this, but it has been now for many years. But when I first did my heavy, call it that heavy initial emotional work years ago, where I was still burdened with it. And then the after I was no longer burdened because I chose not to be nothing in my life changed at the moment. I changed my perceptions by clearing out a lot of the negative emotions and expectations and attachments and whatnot. My immune system improved significantly. I, you know, since that time, I might've had a cold once or twice in 13 years or so. You know, nothing ever debilitating. But you know what? If I do get that sick and I am debilitated, I will allow my immune system to, to, and my body to work its way through. What that's predicated on is the beliefs, the beliefs that my body will heal, my body will deal with it, and do the best best job possible, in essence.
1: Can I point something out here, Same Jeff? thing with
0: an injury, by the way. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's, it just occurred to me that as people get older, their immune system has had more and more experience of ridding them of diseases and problems. It's perhaps a useful perspective for somebody to take. If they're of advancing years, their immune system has already protected them against far more viruses than any young person's immune system. It's had a lot more practice. And, And typically, You get better at things with practice. Perhaps something to think about. Uh, And if I could come back to what I said about the media, people's expectations make a big difference in terms of outcomes. Uh, Again, you see that in real life, repeated over and over and over again. If somebody expects to do well, with something then typically they'll do well with it if they expect it to be an absolute disaster you know they may find it harder or you know it might take them longer to achieve it expectancy makes a difference and the media are constantly pumping out this this programming about oh you know these people are high risk and it's relentless and that's why i would advise you simply to turn the television the things that are going on, if it's important, as long as you're having telephone conversations every now and again, or you watch two minutes of news, you'll find out what's important, and that's it. You, you don't need to sit and spend two hours a day watching it. No, being I hope t- not.
0: But, that, but they've been doing this for decades. It's like when there's any other, like a weather disaster Hmm. or a fire like in california they had those a couple of years ago really bad ones i mean it was 24 Here, 7 here's here's the other part about this just we need to put less trust in that media that medium you know the media than ourselves we need to put more within ourselves less in them And here, I'll give you one good reason, and you kind of touched on this. The statistics and the perspectives and the theories keep changing almost every day around this subject. So if it keeps changing, what does that tell me about those people and what they're trying to assume? That they probably don't really understand what's going on. We assume that they are authorities. In part because when we were young, we learned to give our authority over to other people rather than going within ourselves to our highest self, if you will, our true self. And so I'm encouraging people to, like, along with Tim here, yeah, yeah, turn off the outside influence that's trying to manipulate you, that's trying, they're not there to give you the facts. It takes a couple minutes to get the facts. Online for certain things, I'm looking to see, okay, where are the law changes? What, what do I have to work with here? And that's about it. Because if you talk curves and this and that, they don't even have a clue what all this means yet. If anything, I don't mean that it doesn't mean anything, but anything to the extent that it's going to compromise your immune system. Your perspective on these things is going to go a long way.
1: If I could just add something to that, and this relates to the media, I mean, I would say absolutely. You can't trust them. They're not in the business of telling the truth. They're in the business of making money. Um, and those two things are completely different. Uh, and sometimes they're in the business of, you know, pushing a particular political point of view because of who owns the station or the newspaper, whatever, you know, we're all aware of that. Um, but you write about the experts and there are, countless different opinions and all sorts of disagreement and so forth and so I wouldn't put too much faith in what they're necessarily saying if you have a copy of it you are amazing it is a sort of two and a half hour audio where amongst other things I look in detail at expertise and why you, you should really make your own mind up about things you know, and that applies to what we're saying here, Jeff, as well. You know, anybody yeah. listening doesn't necessarily have to take our opinion either. Everybody should make up their right. own mind. Um, it's fine to listen to people, but you should always make your own opinion up and decide whether, whether they're actually talking sense or not. But there's some wonderful examples of where experts got it wrong on You Are Amazing. Um, hmm. uh, and there are a lot of examples on there.
0: It's um uh... It's added as a bonus to how to achieve almost anything the easy way. Last comment here on someone said they were with the, you know, little ones all day in the house, all cooped up and the anxiety with that. What do you think about that?
1: I I think under those circumstances, perhaps the best thing to do is to look at your beliefs because you could take the view that, yeah, that's a bad thing because I can't do this and I can't do that. But there's another way to look at it, which is that it's maybe an opportunity that you'll never ever get again in your life to interact with them in a way which is more fulfilling, deeper, you know, a greater amount of time spent together. You know, if, if things have been difficult in the past, perhaps, you know, you know as a child that's, that's not always been easy to handle, the fact that you have time might mean that between you, you can reach some resolutions. So it, I think to a great extent it is about perceptions again. It's have a look What beliefs are, are, are really... At play here. Yeah, it can be stressful being a parent. Everybody, Every parent knows that. I think you'd be very hard pressed to find a parent that disagrees with that. But it can also be very, very rewarding. If you think about the things that you enjoy about parenting, if you're at home 24-7 with them, then you've got far more chance to enjoy it. If there are things that you enjoy doing together, then you've got more opportunity to do it. One of the things that hypnotherapists do and i'm sure they're not alone as therapists go is to do something which is called reframing which is basically it's to say well is there another way of looking at this which is perhaps more beneficial so if you consider whatever circumstances you're in whether it be uh, stuck at home looking after young children or whatever make a list of the benefits what advantages are there And if you focus on those instead of whatever disadvantages you perceive, then you'll feel happier as a consequence. And reframing something that I think, well, I assume every therapist ends up doing when they're working with people. You know, a miserable person walks through the door, and it's our job to make sure that a happy person walks out (laughs) at the end of the time we spend with them. And in order to do that, it's very often a case of suggesting different ways of looking at things uh, because people do get very, very fixed in their their beliefs and their way of thinking. Uh, and if, if you're not happy, there's going to be a reason for it. And very often it boils down to, however you, the, to the way you're looking at the events or the circumstances that you're in.
0: Right. So, I mean, I, I've worked with people before that were having difficulty with children. So when the children were doing something in particular that upset them, Made them anxious, whatever, we would first click track them. So let's say the kids were jumping on the couch, and we're not talking about just letting them do whatever they want, but first being able to see them jump on the couch and not have this emotional reaction where all of a sudden you're yelling and screaming. And I'll tell you from experience, little kids, you start yelling and screaming. They don't really listen. And the more you yell and scream, the le- it, there's an inverse relationship here. The more you yell and scream at a kid, the less and less they listen. <laughs> so it doesn't work. And, that, and that's why people then start getting into be, you know, some physical violence, actually, is because they're not listening, because that's not the approach. But we can't go about these mentoring moments with our t- little children, or older ones, it doesn't matter. We can't go about it if we go into it all emotionally charged and upset. So you have to click track that where, okay, they're jumping on the couch and I'm not getting all anymore. I just see them jump on the couch and okay, it's not, they might get hurt. That's a possibility. And it's probably not the safest thing. And number two, I don't want the couch jumped on, you know, I want it to last longer. Those are good reasons. So then you approach it and you're able to teach them a different way to, to, to look at this yourself and you can mentor them. But it starts with not having this huge emotional reaction toward what they're doing. That's the first aspect. And when this particular person was also talking about teaching our children, maybe homeschooling, which a lot more people are doing, or helping with homework, uh, which you, you've experienced too with, with yours, right? We can't approach it if we're all anxious or upset or whatever. We, we need to be calm and wise and collected. And then the other aspect is that you touched on, if I have a belief that says, oh, I, being with my kids 24-7 is, you know, is driving me crazy. Well, that's a negative belief in and of itself. Approach those with a new, like you just touched on, Reframe or PS Tech Positive that says, I love being home with my children all the time. The more, yeah. the, the, more the better. <laughs> Something like that. A
1: fantastic
0: opportunity for us to get yeah. to know each other better. The last one on health fears talked about the fear of getting it and being hospitalized, which we talked about, or even dying. So the last little segment on this part that I wanted to talk about was the fear of death. How does someone approach the fear of death with this?
1: It's a really good question, Jeff. And it's something that, I've, it's something that sort of fascinates me because personally it's something that has never held any fear for me whatsoever. I'm not really sure why either, but I know some people are absolutely obsessed with the fear of dying from a PS tech perspective. It's one of those things that you can run through a click track. And I know plenty of people have done that and it's, yeah, it's a straightforward process to do that. Typically the other thing that you can do again is have a look at whatever beliefs you've got surrounding that. And right at the start, you talked about talking to people who maybe have spiritual or religious beliefs. And if you don't and you know, somebody who does, uh, and they seem pretty calm about it, then, you know, it's perhaps worth having a conversation about why. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, the conversation might be, well, because I believe that I've got, you know, that there will be life after death. Don't stop at that point. Find out why they've got that belief. You know, what gives them the uh, the faith that that will be the case? And, you know, sometimes, Sometimes it's not going to be for religious reasons it might be for other reasons altogether you know that maybe they've read a book about people who've had near death or death experiences you know it's not necessarily going to be something that they've got out of a, a religious book um, it might be something that they've they've reached a conclusion about on their own for reasons completely unrelated to that mm-hmm. so you know it's one of those things that you can definitely discuss with people if it's something that that you're anxious about and some people don't don't seem to be bothered about it at all you know you can talk to them if you know somebody that um you know seems unconcerned about it and ask them how they can be to you know try and learn from them one of the things that i really enjoy is talking to people who have completely different opinions about things and it's one of the it's it's a strange thing because sometimes you know you talk about the conspiracy theorists and so forth they may have very very strange opinions about all sorts of things and some people just get angry with people who have very very different beliefs to them not really sure why because what difference does it make um But actually, you can learn a huge amount just talking to people and asking, well, why have you got those beliefs? You know, it can be fascinating in its own right. But very often, they'll tell you something which actually helps you to loosen up your own belief set, mind model, model of reality, whatever you want to call it. So the simple answer is, absolutely, you can click track the fear of death or dying in whatever way you have imagined it. That's always the best way to do it. But I think You know, talking to it's one of those things which is actually a fascinating topic of conversation because people have completely different views on it. And why be stuck with your view if it makes you fearful when there's perhaps a much better way of looking at it and thinking about it? And the only way you're ever going to find out is by talking to people who have that better way a way of thinking about it, looking at it, which is different that isn't doesn't have all that fear attached
0: you know quite often when i talk to people with a fear of dying there's a reason why they fear dying sometimes it's the process of dying like being in a bed and just suffering or in pain or whatever the situation is others have mentioned well i'm afraid of leaving my children, my spouse, my family behind. I own a business, I remember one, I I own a business, I don't think, I think it'll go under if I'm gone, you know, these kind of fears. Each one, if it's more than one or if it's just one, may need to be addressed specifically because that's the driver and when you eliminate the fear of it happening and then the beliefs that go along with it, i.e., My wife is hopeless or helpless without me, you know, (laughs) which may be true. Maybe it isn't. And maybe it is because you think it's true and you enable that. When we shift these emotional reactions and we shift these definitely limiting beliefs into being more neutral about the actual event and having empowering beliefs about this this kind of event or any other event like it or, or unlike it, it doesn't matter. We have the ability to stay calm, stay cool, access our highest and greatest mind resources and come up with wise decisions. True.
1: Mm-hmm. You actually made me think, really, I should have clarified what I said when I, when I, I said to, you know, if somebody is fearful of dying, they've already imagined it. And right. um, the, 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 so that's what you would click track. If somebody is fearful, fearful of the pain uh, that they've imagined would be connected to dying which you know it needn't necessarily be painful and so, sometimes clearly it is sometimes some it isn't then that's not a fear of dying it's a fear of experiencing pain right. um, and if somebody is fearful of what will happen to their family when they're not there or if they're not there then that's not a fear of dying either it's a fear of what will happen to my family you know, so it's Drilling down into it, again, is worth doing. And it may not be a fear of dying at all. It could be a fear of something completely different, uh, as you pointed out, Jeff. Um, So whatever it boils down to for you, that's what you run through a click track. You're quite right.
0: The, The last point on the death or aspect was the fear of loss or death of a loved one. You know, mom, dad, spouse, wife, husband girlfriend, boyfriend, cousin, doesn't matter. What about the fear of loss of those kind of aspects? How, how would someone approach that?
1: There are two possible approaches. Again, as with most of these questions and the answers that go with them, there's an emotional side and there's a belief side. Typically, our emotions connected to beliefs. So if somebody hits you in the face, you're going to experience some kind of pain. If you fall off a cliff, you're not going to want to fall off a cliff again. You'll experience fear of falling off a cliff perhaps. Um, but a lot of our emotions are connected to the beliefs that we hold. And if the beliefs that you hold, are beliefs which create those anxieties, then you can either click track the anxiety itself or, and this is probably a better way, in terms of a long-term solution, you can look at the beliefs you've got and you can do something about it. You can say, does this belief work for me um, or does it make me miserable? Does it make me unhappy? If it makes you miserable and unhappy and anxious and scared, then perhaps it's not the most useful belief to have. One of the questions that I ask people when I'm doing hypnotherapy sessions is, and this this relates really to the idea that people get very, very attached to the beliefs that they've got, is I, I demonstrate to them that they're going to be they're going to be wrong about all sorts of things you know we all have different different opinions about practically everything and this was clearly illustrated before you know all of last year in the uk with disagreements over brexit and britain leaving the european union you'd have been hard pressed to find two people with exactly the same opinions about it and that means that you know and the country was split down the middle so even on just one issue logic alone tells you that at least half the population or thereabouts had to be wrong. They didn't think they were wrong. And um, you know, whichever side of the fence people were on, yeah, you know, I'm not saying which was right, which was wrong. They can't all have been right. If they weren't right, then they were wrong. And that's just one issue. And you could look at all sorts of different points of view about all sorts of different things and people will always disagree and they'll not share the same opinions. If there is such a thing as objective truth, it means that you won't find anybody on the planet who has a handle on that. Um, we are all wrong about all sorts of different things. It's, it's, we have to be. It's a consequence of everybody believing different things. Once you accept that you are going to be wrong about all sorts of different things, then you are faced with a choice. You can choose to be wrong and happy, or you can choose to be wrong and miserable. You might as well choose to be wrong and happy. It's something that I put to therapy clients on a fairly regular basis. What's so great about being right? You know, if if it makes you miserable, do you really want to be? Or is it okay to be wrong as long as that
0: belief leads to happiness and peace and contentment? You know, quite often, I uh, another way that I put it is, I say, "Look, you want to be right, or you want to be happy." Hmm. And it's a, it's a simple question, isn't it? Absolutely. But it tells you a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, it's a, it's an interesting mental leap to make, but it's a leap worth making uh, once you realize that actually, maybe there is a better way of looking at things. And does it really matter if it's the truth? You're never going to know anyway. Uh, and if you're never going to know, you might as well pick the beliefs that work for you. It's the, it's the best I, It's the best thing that anybody can do.
0: I appreciate your time today, Tim, on part one here. We talked about resistance to using PS Tech at any time, being locked down, the health fears, the fear of death, those kind of aspects. Again, just to summarize the things that you can do is focus on the things to be grateful for. You can do something to help others, no matter how small, do it. Carefully examine why you've been fearful and the beliefs behind those. And if you're spiritual or religious, then you can find some reassurance there, and if you're not, then talk to someone that is. Not necessarily saying if they're religious, follow their religion. I'm saying if they have perspectives, seem to keep them calm in the face of the world swirling around them in a crazy fashion, so to speak. Find out what they're doing. Ask them. Most people will help. Will will be helpful. And if you ask them, well, what are your thoughts on this? They'll they'll. If you have someone's opinion, most people will just give it to you.
1: <laughs> oh well, I always. Very keen to offer opinions, Jeff.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, All right. So we're going to cut this off at of part one. Part two, we're going to come up. Uh, that'll be available soon. We'll talk about uncertainty, the uncertainty moving forward of these times, being controlled. You know how helpless that feels sometimes when other people are controlling you, staying calm when the world and others are not. How do I do that? And what do I do when I'm missing people? You know, missing my family, missing others. Okay. So we'll talk about that in part two. Appreciate you listening and we'll talk to you soon. Mahalo.